from Fox 8 Sports. You're listening to Fox 8 Overtime. From Fox 8 Studios here in New Orleans, welcome into Overtime, the podcast for all things sports, all things Louisiana, and everything in between. Mm-hmm. Alongside Sean Fazan. No, that's right. Maybe Juan Kincaid and John Bennett producing. I'm Chris Hagan. Today we are talking a dominant Saints victory over the Cardinals, 31-9. to But first... A quick reminder and request to please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it to help spread the word. Tell your friends, too. And as always, if you want to get in touch with us, use the Final Play app or Tiger Huddle app to submit a question. Now, Sean Fazand, let's get to it. 31-9, the final score. A game that, close in the first half, a couple things changed and swung the game in the second half. And then we saw the Saints do what we expected them to and take this game over. They took it over. Um, probably should have been up by much more in the first half. Had a couple, had a missed field goal. Had kind of an interesting end to the first half. But look, the story going in, the story as we sit here, even a few hours later, was Drew Brees. Was it too soon? Is it too risky? Is he fully healthy? I don't know about you, Chris, but I saw Drew Brees today. The Drew Brees that we expected to see, he finished. 34 of 43, 373, three touchdowns. I thought early he was kind of getting into rhythm with the shorter, more efficient passes. Um, And I thought the deep out he threw to Ted Ginn, I believe it was his last drive before the the first half ended. And then they hit the the over route to uh, Dan Arnold, then the deep out to Ted Ginn. Um, was really when it kind of opened up for him. And he just, he was flinging it all over the field after that. Um, Mentally, he was sharp. Uh, looked like they were all on the same page. Changed Murray's route there on that seventh. Exactly. I, I mean, pass. that was an option route, so I don't know if maybe if, if before the uh, play was mis- supposed to be just a simple hook, and he switched it to an option route. Um, don't doubt Drew. He knew his body, and I think that was the most important thing. And I love what he said after, and you'll hear this thunder on the final play. They were asking, he said, you know, the sentiment was, you know, why risk it? We're playing well. We're winning. Straight up, he said, I'm a football player. That's all I needed to hear, period. Football players play football, and when they're healthy enough to play, they can help their team win, like Drew certainly is. He was ready to play. I was even getting stuff from people when I do my half, my Facebook Live at halftime. Drew looks good, but he still shouldn't have played. Drew looks good, but he still shouldn't have played. I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. You guys want to be right, but, I mean, Breeze looked good, and he looked like Drew Breeze, and it looked like a Saints offense with Drew Breeze tonight. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting mindset. I mean, it's not one that everybody's going to understand, like, there are things in life and, and things you do and times to play it safe. But this game of football and with this quarterback, Drew Brees, and you can see him like literally like itching to get back into mm-hmm. the game when he had to sit out and he was on the sideline, he was always going to come back. And, look, he had a good plan. I talked about it. The, the plan was, you know, monitor progression, monitor the healing um, each week. Check it. Make sure that uh, everything's good to go. Um, and they followed that. He said everybody was in line with doc with the doctor and uh, and and Coach Payton and the team and you know taking the MRI. You good, Juan? <laughs> you all right, brother? He, he's joining the podcast. Oh man, <laughs> I got a million things going around me. I can't even speak. <laughs> You about to fall off the, good, the seat. You all right? 
<laughs> I'm, I'm good, man. I'm All right. Good. What you say I, that, Chuck? I was trying to disturb anything. You were in the train You're of disturbing thought. everything. I got arms flailing around me. I was picking up your cell phone. Lord You're welcome. Have mercy. Juan, let me just ask you this. Let me just pivot us back to uh, the conversation at hand, although it was quite uh, <laughs> quite hysterical. To watch Juan Kincaid speak like I sound trying like an idiot. Trying to tuck his shirt in. I got, all this. I got John. <laughs> John's coming over here trying to like press buttons. Yeah. I got it. What the? All right. I had to go back. I'm gonna go back and rechart all of his throws, but I didn't see a single one that you would have looked at and said, "Wow, okay, that was a little bit hampered there. It looked, that looked, it didn't look quite right." I Breeze mean, his throws. Yeah, I thought the one pass he had to Dan Arnold early, the deep ball, he was it, way it, off it, on it that one. It was a little bit high. Yeah, that one showed me the was a very little, first pass of the game. Aside from that, no. And the decision he made late with the interception. That, that was a dumb play. He knows that was just a bad read. I mean, you're not throwing the ball to a fullback going on a deep route. <laughs> against, against Patrick Peterson. How was yeah, that even – how was Peterson yeah, even he, matched up right said, there? Yeah, he just said that was a bad decision. Yeah, Drew, that was a bad decision. We agree yeah. with you on that one. And uh, he said Michael Thomas was wide open underneath. I'm like, how did Patrick Peterson end up on Zach line? And how did he not locate that? <laughs> just that was Michael Thomas. Weird, as soon as it left his hands, I was like – Oh, there's two defenders. Oh, no. And it was it was bad. But, I mean, besides that, he looked fine. The thing that I liked that Drew Brees said after the game was he took a couple hits on it. Like, in yeah. practice, mm -hmm. you cannot simulate taking hits on the hand because you're not getting touched. But, you know, he took a couple hits, gets nicked, falls down, whatever. He's like, okay, it's fine. And I think anytime anyone's been injured for any sport, you're always nervous getting back out there and – to know that you can still take a hit or, you know, still play the same way and it's fine is a, is as good of a feeling as anything that, all right, I'm back, we're doing this. I bet that that was the one thing you can't you can't control. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know how it's going to end. You don't know where the, the hit's going to come from. And you survive it and you move on. Just like he survived the thousands of hits he's already had throughout his career and was not ever injured. This was a fluky thing. Um, and he was – and he was fine with it. Um, I jotted down a couple plays that showed just how mentally dialed in he still is, and just he needed no adjustment to the speed or the the looks, just because he hadn't seen it in a while. There was an audible. It was a few plays before uh, Latavius Murray's first touchdown run. You see him kind of squat down and do yeah. the look, and he hits Michael Thomas on a cross for 16. It's going to be in the package tonight. There was another one. He does the same thing, and then he hits. You hear that? He hits. Michael Thomas on a slant for 10. <laughs> so, point nah. being, if there was rust, maybe it was in that first quarter, first quarter and a half, but they clearly survived and they were still moving the ball through it. So now he's good. Now now he's good. Game on for the rest of the season. The worry, the doubt to me is all over. I will say this. I'm one of those people that was kind of on the fence about him playing now. Mm -hmm. I'll admit it. I wanted him to sit out until week nine, oh, after the bye week and have that extra rest on his, on his hand. But it's something you guys talked about early in the week leading up to the game. He said, you know, he needs to be back in the game to get back into the rhythm with his offense and to knock the rust off. You can't knock the rust off in a bye week. Mm -hmm. No matter how much you throw the ball in practice, you need to have that competition that you're going against that doesn't like your team. And so that kind of made me think, you know, I think he does need to be back on the field. If, he, if he's healthy enough to play, because an injury to that thumb could happen again in any week going forward. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he said on Wednesday that I need three months to be completely 100% healed, that told me that you know, he might as well go and play now because right. three months you're into the off season, right? and yeah. you're thinking about what could have, would have, should have. You know? That's so, the thing, and that's what I think a lot of people don't understand in, in, in football because 
Everybody's like a, hurt. Well, everybody's hurt, but every, everybody plays fantasy football. I'm I'm one of those people, right? But and you see like, oh, he's good to go. Like the phrase "good to go" is like hey, he's good enough to yeah. go, mm-hmm. but he's still hurt. Like anytime a guy gets hurt during the season. He's probably hurt the rest of the season. Yeah. You don't just heal in a week just oh. because your injury status is gone Talk because you were a full participant player, on Friday. And they will tell you, the last day you ever play 100% healthy is your first day in, in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, I think it's interesting because I think there's even going to be an upgrade from this because eventually the, the splint is going to come off, yep. the hard plastic splint. Could you imagine hard plastic on his thumb? And he was still looking pretty good throwing the ball. I mean, again, by the second half, I mean, everything opened up. And, I mean, the Cardinals were kind of done after that fourth down stop, which I don't know what Cliff Kingsbury was talking about or thinking about. I don't. It was, that, that it was 10-6 there. at that point. So why, why would you do that? I don't know. He, but that sparked the whole game. It was 21-3 the rest of the game. So talking to my friend Nick King, um, a Cardinals reporter, we had him on the Fox 8 Live tailgate. He said that Cliff's reasoning was we got the turnover, the Patrick Peterson interception, and we had to take advantage of it. That w- his reasoning was on his end of the field. We oh. like the reasoning was we cannot waste the opportunity, and it's it's that's Cliff. You know he said for for an example earlier this year there was a situation they had third and goal there were seven seconds left in the first half. You're thinking you go for it try and get that touchdown because seven seconds is an eternity from the three yard line, mm-hmm. and if you don't get it you still have a couple seconds left to kick the field goal. But on second down, Kyler Murray's pass was tipped. Ball went in the air. It was incomplete. He was spooked. He was spooked by that play that, oh, my God, we could miss this and not get points if Kyler throws an interception as a freak play. So he kicked a field goal on third and goal with seven seconds left because he was spooked. He's a guy that goes off of things like that Mm -hmm. from what Nick was telling me. So that's his reasoning for going for it on fourth down. But that changed the game. That gave the Saints all the momentum they needed. That was it. Because at that point, you're right. They get the pick, and then they come right back. And Murray scores defense makes yeah. a, a tremendous play to get the stop. Their best play of the game, but a, a game full of great plays. Let's just say that. David Onyemata, Kiko Alonso, meet uh, – well, who was it that ran it? Was it, uh, was it Edmonds that ran it? It had to be Edmonds because the only other guy they had healthy was uh, uh, the kid that was with the Saints. Fenner. Fenner. Zinner, Zinner, correct. Zinner, yeah. So it had to be Edmonds before he got hurt. Look, the defense, though, I mean, the bend, like, they, what did they allow? 220 passing the, they, yards, They weren't great today, Sean. They, they weren't great getting after the quarterback, but they did just enough to kind of throw him off. and Three sacks. They got to him. No, they did. I think, I think what we saw was the Saints weren't sending a lot of blitzes mm-hmm. until they had that 17-6 lead. And even then, he, he got into a rhythm. Because they sent five on that blitz right after, right after, on that drive, right after uh, the Saints added the touchdown to make it 17-6. Cardinals scored after that, right after that, and they went five consecutive plays with a blitz, and that's when he marched down the field and got the field goal. So it was a little bit of a mix of contained rush and then towards the end maybe just send the house at them. Uh, but I thought overall defense was, was phenomenal. I yeah. thought they were great. I mean, and I thought the fourth down stop was – Tremendous off the red zone defense was tremendous. Thought CJ GJ had another great day today. He did. The PBU at the goal line pushing as I push you, Juan Kincaid. Oh, come on, man. You're going to avoid, push Juan over. To that avoid, was almost workman's comp. I've been going for the next two weeks. To avoid, oh, Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> to avoid the, the yeah. second foot down. That was a great throw by Kyler, it too. Was, was a great throw by Kyler. Yeah, the, the, the bend don't break was big, um, especially with some of the, the, the issues the Saints had get, getting going early and the turnovers or the turnover, or the uh, the interception. So uh, them, you know, 
they have continued what they've done over the last, you know, five or six weeks. And we talked about it on the, on the podcast a couple days ago. You want to make sure the defense keeps this pressure up. They don't let up just because Breeze is back. They and did you not. know you have that offensive cushion. Because it, it's still the NFL. I mean, Breeze is back, and they're going to be better on offense in theory and on paper. And really, in reality, they should be as well. But you're still going to have to play uh, complementary football to achieve everything they want to. That's what I like the best about this football team right now is that it doesn't matter who's quarterbacking, they are still trying to run the ball. And when you've got Murray back there running the ball so well, you have to give him the ball. 30 touches today, yeah. 21 carries, 9 catches. It's crazy. Off, and, of, off a week he had 32 and, against Chicago. And Chris, we were talking. I think uh, Latavius Murray is the type of back – Offensive lines love blocking for because there's no BS. Yeah. It's give me the ball, give me the hole, and I'm running right yeah. to it. Yep, there's no there's no dancing around. There's no wasting anybody's time. It's I'm going to get there. Yeah. If I get a yard, if I get so two be yards. It. If I get a yard, great. If I get 12, great. And he's gonna he is going to wear into you. And you saw it, man. I mean, you see, if that game were another five, ten minutes long, Murray probably rushes for another 70 yards because he just wears – into you as the game goes along. And I thought the offensive line got going run blocking wise right out the gate. And I thought in particular Andrews Pete had maybe his best half of football the first half today. They were running I mean he's pulling on the trap play just about every time and they're going right behind Pete or Murray's going right behind Pete. He scored the touchdown off of it. So um, offensive line, defensive line I mean you win the line of scrimmage in the NFL that is, you are going to win games. It's the common denominator. It, when you look at the teams, you look at the result that um, San Francisco had over the Panthers, a absolute destruction of Kyle Allen and that yeah. team. But what do they do? They dominate at the line of scrimmage. Yeah. They run the ball well, and they stop their run. Made McCaffrey basically a non-factor. What do the Saints do? They run the ball well, and they stop their run. What do the Patriots do? They're not awesome running the ball, but you're – you better be darn sure they're going to stop You ain't scoring run. no points against them. You're not scoring them. <laughs> against them. And the way that they play with James White and, and as good as Tom Brady is and Edelman underneath, like they, can, they don't necessarily yeah. need to run the ball like a lot of teams. My point being the good teams do this, and the Saints are among the best now. Um, I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think it's a flash. I don't think it's a streak. I think this is a defense that if they are locked in and focused, they should be able to do this week in and week out. I wonder how things are going to change once Kamara comes back running the ball. Um, I, let's talk about that for a second because I thought there was a moment in this game, given the personnel groupings that they had to use with him and Cook out, you had a lot of the jumbo package with Clap in. You had a lot of Taysom Hill uh, that you had to use in different different areas, which I think was a better factor for the Saints than I don't think the Cardinals handled that pretty well. But I still at times felt like there was some times where there could they could have used another – playmaker, whether that be a tight end like Jared Cook or a, a back like Alvin Kamara. Um, and we all know Alvin Kamara is Swiss Army Knife, so yeah. I don't think... It, now, the, the trick is, if you know Murray is a workhorse, and he gets better with volume, mm-hmm. and you know you can't overuse Kamara, there's got to be a balance there you can find between those two guys. Well, you did it with Ingram, why can't you do it with, with Murray I, and, and I Kamara? Think the key is the type of game you're playing in. And Always. given the opponents that are coming up, Atlanta, you've got, you've got a lot of the division. You've got two against Atlanta, mm-hmm. two against the Panthers, one against the Bucks, um, And I think when you – especially if you're playing with a lead, mm-hmm. even if it's like a 
four, seven, ten-point lead, there can be entire drives. Given what we saw from Murray, there should be entire drives where Kamara can be on the sideline. Um, I, I think, obviously, if you get in the situation or you, you, you see a certain matchup or whatever um, that you want to take advantage of, you can put him in the game. But Murray is a capable pass catcher, nine receptions, a career high today against the Cardinals. Um, he's obviously a downhill runner, and when you get to that point where you feel like whatever back is in the game can wear on this defense, make that back Murray and wear on him and give Kamara that rest and take that off of his body, and then everybody wins. Everybody's fresh. I bet you see a lot of the pony package, which is what they, when they're both on the field at the same time. When um, they both can go out and catch a pass, that's the thing that helps as but well. But you can send Kamara on a wide receiver route if you had to, or you can line them both up in the backfield. You can motion guys out. I mean, you could do a lot of things with it, and we just hadn't seen it fully from Murray yet until Kamara got injured. But now, if I'm Sean Payton, now I can I can I can go with the with the dynamic duo backfield. The interesting thing is, and they see this guy practice all the time, and they obviously had faith to you know work him in Jacksonville and Chicago and against the Cardinals. But what did you did you, did it take seeing it in the game? Did it take Kamara being banged up to finally say we are going to commit to Murray because you had to commit to him? Because um, this is a guy that looks like man, why wasn't he getting carries well, like this? Before? And I, and I gotta believe that was. Because Kamara was red hot for yeah. so long. I mean, C Seattle, you can't argue with. Yeah, and I just got to think that <sighs> Peyton, it's tough. I mean, and, and you know, Kamara was going to get more carries. We knew that, um, and he was he. And he's a positive. You know, you're gonna you're gonna more often than not get a lot of positive plays with Kamara. So you had to find, you know, kind of pick your spots with Murray. Well, now you know what Murray can do. So now I think there, there's a lot to work with with those two guys, especially if you don't necessarily have the second receiving threat. I wonder if Peyton went into this season thinking how things ended last year with uh, Mark Ingram on the team and knowing that when he turned the page to this year, if Ingram was back here, the way the team was going to play this year was they were going to get the ball more to Kamara than they were going to Ingram. And so with Ingram now in the mix and Murray comes in takes his place, that he still had that mentality and that belief that I need to give the ball 70% of the time to Alvin Kamara and 30% of the time to uh, Latavius Murray. But I just I wonder how he's going to play this when they go forward here because, as you mentioned, Murray gets better as he gets more touches in the game. And Kamara's injury, to me, is more of the, the, the accumulation of nicks and bruises that yeah. you get with a lot of carries to a running back yep. as exactly. opposed to any sort of direct hit or anything like that. It felt like just this was kind of an accumulation, a little nagging thing here, nagging thing there, ankle, knee, yep. as opposed to, wow, he just took a major hit. No, I agree. I agree. And... You're going to need Kamara as it gets closer to the playoffs. You want a healthy guy in that position. And I'll tell you one thing I would like to see less of, and I think I said this last year when it was kind of just getting started on the experimentation with the Taysom Hill thing. They had that drive going today, and all of a sudden Peyton a throws play. Hill in there and throws this little gadget play, which it's like sometimes he cannot help putting his hand into the cookie jar and pulling out something fancy when, when what you have going already is going right down the field. The Michael Thomas reverse early was kind of like that too. That, that's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. that's about, what he's yeah. talking about. Well, yeah. you got yoke basically. I yeah, mean, there was nothing they were doing a, to push him backwards. Exactly. I mean, why, why do that? so much the wrong with that play. handed them a negative play. A – it was the rhythm. It threw the rhythm off the drive. And, and Breeze, I mean, if, just start, given the circumstances, let Breeze in there. Get, get, exactly. Get to that rhythm quickly. That was my thing. Get, it, it, get it to the rhythm started. of the game. But, but also, Michael Thomas is not a burner around the edge. So it's not like, so you're giving a guy on end around where you're already six yards back when, you, when he gets the ball. And he's not a guy that's going to turn the corner. Well, listen, you that, know. That, that call was all kind of Payton's wrong. Payton's done that with a tight end he's before. Do, he's done it with Josh Hill. <laughs> I mean, in that's New what York. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, 
he's going to do it with anyone because he figures the defense is not going to be expecting this guy to do it in the round. But I just think when – I don't mind the play call, but it's when the play call happened. Yeah, I mean, you've got your one. quarterback trying to get into a rhythm his first game back, and he's in that rhythm. And, and that defense had, had done nothing to hold the Saints back no. up to that point. And all of a sudden you give them a nine-yard loss, and it kills the drive altogether. And so I, I, I just – Yeah, lots missed the field goal after that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he missed another field goal. So what's in his head? I don't know. He's, he's got to shake that off, though. Yeah. I, I'm not ready to give up on him, but I, he's got to shake that off. Because um, that, that could be – he's he's got to get back into rhythm. I mean, because that guy's elite <laughs> when he's kicking real well. Yeah, he's he's too good. It's too – he got the contract, and he's been so good. And he's, yeah. Because it's such a luxury to have a guy that can kick 40 to 50 yarders. I mean – 40 yarders were money in the bank for Will Lutz, so that's something. Uh, he's in a rough patch. Ideally, he snaps out of it, but um, I have a couple weeks to work that out. So Carolina loses today, right? Correct. They get whopped. And what are they? they, they are they, what? Four and three. Mm-hmm. Four and three. So two games back now. Two full games back? Two and a half, right? So two and a half? Yeah, two, two, a game and a half back. So, yeah, oh, one, game, one game in hand. Um, two and a half? I, yeah. Man, I like where the Saints are right now. I like where the Saints are. But let me tell you something. I watch San Francisco. We'll see Green Bay later tonight. Is that right, tonight? Yeah. Yeah. Green Bay and Kansas City. I think those are the three right there. Yep. San Francisco, Green Bay, and New Orleans. And I'm here to tell you. Complete offenses. I can live with San Francisco. But I am not okay with a Green Bay in January game. So no matter no matter, <laughs> where, no matter where it is, no matter where I it don't is, mind I, it playing here. No, yeah, but I, I think it'd be. I do not want to travel to Green Bay in January. So that's what my, my that's where my mind's at right now. I'm way far ahead. Yeah, that'll that'll because be I see that schedule. That'll be the thing to watch. I mean, obviously, I think the 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 game we're looking ahead to. That Sunday um, night. I mean, that Sunday game against uh, San Francisco, which probably. Would but be but having action, said right? that, I think the Saints' offense and defense translates well to playing anywhere. In January, True. In the way they much play, more physical inside yeah. or outside doesn't matter because they're a physical football team and they're winning the line of scrimmage on both offense and defense. So this is if there ever a year where their style of play translates to the conditions, this is the it year. It translates to cold. I don't know <coughs> if it translates to snow. It's just yeah. it look and, and there's a on paper yes running game and defense travel right, but it's Green Bay in the playoffs like that. If if home field advantage, what do they say? Home field advantage typically gives you yeah, quarter, how many points? A field goal. But yeah. let me ask you this: three points. Do, do it you probably buy, gives you like five. Do you Bay. buy into the whole fact that that it's a huge advantage for whether it be Green Bay or Chicago or the Giants or Jets playing in winter games in December? You buy into that being an advantage? I don't because none of these players play in it all year long. I mean, it gets colder, but all these guys have played in cold weather before, and I, I don't buy into. If, if you I don't think it's a mentality more than anything. It, it may be. It may I be think a psychological it's a mentality thing. of this yeah. is our house. We are from the north. <laughs> Most of those guys are from California. I'm right? just yeah, exactly. saying, I don't want to go to Green Bay no, yeah, we in January. We know you saw. I don't want to go to Green Bay in January. We know you saw. We got to go either. I'm either. from South Louisiana. <laughs> and, and look, if, if, I want if, if it's below 50. If <laughs> the past dictates things and I end up traveling, even if Green Bay were to come here for an NFC <laughs> title game, you would be going to go week. on the road and cover them for a week in Green Bay. I don't want to go to Green Bay. Somebody do us a favor and knock Green Bay out the playoffs if that's But the first case. things first, got that bye week. And then shoes on a bye week. You get Kamara back. Hopefully, hopefully Jared, Jared, Cook, Jared back. Cook back. Lexi Traquan Smith DJ back. DJ Williams comes back from suspension. I got a question. <clears throat> Name a weakness on his defense. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Williams. Take that deep breath. It's safety. 
Marcus Williams? Yes. He actually had a really good tackle today. He did. He was better today. Juan's yeah, he, breaking he, he, John's he, rule. He, he, he didn't take anybody out, any of his own teammates out. You don't talk bad about Marcus Williams? That's not my rule. That man's overcome a lot. We all I, come well, overcome a lot. It, it, let me put it this way. If that's, <laughs> if that's the biggest weakness, the biggest weakness this is a strong weakness. defense right now. No, it's a strong defense. They're playing lights out. And this is kind of the year of the defense. You know, there, were, there were talks around this time last year that defensive football is done. But now, all of a sudden, defensive football is making a comeback. This year is one of those years, and I think the Saints are right up there, top five defense. And if for nothing else, it it just it gives you an, an advantage that you can actually get a team off the field. And in those games where, you, like, because I don't think defense is ever going to be done because I don't think there's such a thing as an offense being 100% on all the time. Like, if you were to ask this after the Eagles' regular season game in 2018, you'd say, yeah, the Saints are as good-looking as it, as it was, but – I mean, it's now since been well proven that Philly's secondary is awful, the Bengals are awful, and that streak that the Saints hit, yeah, they played some bad teams and lit it up. But when things got rougher for the offense, it was the defense that won them games. Defensive football is always going to have a place. Is this team better than what they were last year? Yeah. Same record. Depth. Is this team better? Yeah. Depth. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you've weathered multiple injuries to star players, that, suspension. That, that's the biggest thing right there. The and you, you yeah. don't, there's no let off. They've won games. I mean, they're, they're clearly better because they won five games without Drew Brees. But the biggest weakness last year was the receiving threat outside of Thomas. It, 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 and, and hopefully uh, Cook emerges as that guy. I think your biggest threat last year was, was cornerback um, consistency. Uh, they, tightened up, they tightened up by they the quarter up. of the season. I, would, I, I think after the Dallas game last year, Things obviously got bad because they didn't have another option. That's why they went out and got Jared Cook, right? And I think that happening to the Saints and just the fact that they were just funky on offense from then on out, bad then, but the best thing that could happen to make them better now because I think it made Coach Payton better. I think it made him realize and think deeper and harder on how to utilize everything he has because outside of Jared Cook – the wide receiver personnel didn't really upgrade. No. And the, the, the offensive pass-catching personnel didn't really upgrade, but they've been more effective without Drew Brees. That's why I say this team's better, because I think they are game-planning better, and I think they are better defensively, which is what's kept them in these games. Yeah, I would agree with That's that. That's my opinion. Yeah, and, and, and they've showed they can win low scoring. They can win scoring, what do they have today, 31. They can win games 12-10, 13-6 they have to. They can win games, you know, 31-9. So, I look, I – it's probably – I just said it like last year, I mean, they were an eyelash away from, from the Super Bowl, and I thought that team was better than the 11 team. I thought that team was better than the 09 team last year and 18. So if this team is better – who is that, Cooper Cup? <laughs> uh, this team is better, and, and I think they're neck and neck. I don't know – I want to see how they get rolling in the second half here. I, I know this. The schedule seems on the surface a lot easier – to finish this out as opposed to last year when it was deadly to close out the season. I wonder where the slip-up will be. There's going to be a slip-up. I'm just wondering. I'm, with that I'm wondering boy. What, when a team is rolling, there's, there's, there's usually a slip-up. I think this team is as good as anybody in the league. Um, but I wonder where the slip-up is going to be. I mean, who's going to be able to beat this team down the stretch? Will it be Atlanta? Carolina. I, I just think I have some a funny point, feeling about the, the a fluky game is coming. Game. That's what, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. A fluky game slip up. Yeah. There's gonna be a game where they just you just don't play well. No, that's what I'm saying. 
But having said that, this have, team, had they already this weathered, team, had, had they already weathered, weathered that storm though, because there were some ugly wins in the five game stretch. Yeah. Yeah. This is what we're debating right now. When's the slip up coming? Yeah. Exactly. Not what's the problem. When's the slip up? Yeah. When is this great team not going to look great? I tell you what though, they have to go all the way this year. Oh, they got after I mean, the way the last two years have it ended. Has it has to. It's been the all all in mentality. It has been. So trade deadline Tuesday. I don't think the Saints are big players in it. I don't think they do anything. I, I just think the, small. the price of receivers went up too much. I just don't think it's gonna happen. But it will be fun to watch elsewhere because they're but now that I say that they, they, they're gonna pull calls. something out last second. Watch. So so what? It's what, Tuesday, what, what right, would Chris? they address? What would they address? I, the only thing that would make sense to me is a wide receiver. I don't but know what else you would need there? unless unless there's an injury somewhere. Well, offensive line. I would say when when you can sit back and look at this weekend and look at how things may have happened around the league, and you make your calls and you see who's itching to make that move, and what can you give up? If it's a fourth, I think you go for it if it can help you at wide receiver. I I don't know who's out there for that. That's a scenario. I, I, fourth is the highest I would go. Because of the unbelievable, uh, the unbelievable list of unrestricted free agents you have this offseason. You're going to need a good draft class if you want to keep this boat sailing. So, good win. Good, good victory. Week off. But, uh, still no such thing as a bad win. No, no such, such thing as a bad one, especially when you, you're dealing with all the injuries and everything the Saints have had. For now, that's going to do it for us. Wait, we're done? We're done. We're I done. just got here. Yeah, oh. well, you've been here. You we made can't talk about Tulane LSU You anything? made your presence felt. Y'all can see the look I just gave on. <laughs> it looks good, kill. Before Sorry. you guys I go, saw. a quick reminder and request to subscribe to the podcast. Also, please rate and review it and tell your friends. And if you want to get in touch with us, be sure to use the final play and Tiger Huddle apps to submit a question. For now, that's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you next time on Overtime. At Keesler Federal Credit Union, if it's important to you, it's important to us. Here, you're more than a customer, you're a member. And we're more than a financial services provider. We're your financial partner with a genuine interest in your life. So whether you want the best rate on a credit card for the things you love, a home loan for the people you love, or savings and checking that work as hard as you do, we've got you covered. And that's a good thing. From Fox 8 Sports, this has been Fox 8 Overtime.